Tēnā koutou katoa, warm welcome to you this morning. Uh, we're in the midst of a prayer series um, which has been inspired by a book by Pete Gregg called How to Pray, A Guide for Normal People. And Pete Gregg has this uh, wonderful acronym in that book um, with the word PRAY, and that stands for P for pause, um, being still in God's presence. And I, I spoke about that at the start of the series about how when we come into prayer, um, we don't rush off into our shopping list of things that we want from God, but we actually pause, we still ourselves, we be silent, uh, and we become aware of God's presence to the God that is always present to us. And that wonderful psalm says, you know, be still and know that I am God. So that is the, our first approach to prayer. And then he has uh, the word R for rejoice. And we had uh, James Beatty speak last week from Capital Vineyard. And he spoke about the whole thing about like that part of our, our, our prayer life and part of our worship is this praise and thanksgiving, this rejoicing in the Lord that, that comes out of us as we, as we become aware of his presence, as we come into prayer, that, that, that this comes from our very depths of our being. And then today I'm going to speak about ask, which is for A, and that is just about asking God for stuff that we need each day. And then next Sunday we're going to have Glenn France, who's come and spoken to us a few times before. He's going to speak on, on yield. So why for yield? To, that we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit as, as we finish our times of prayer and communion with God. Well, I don't know if this has happened to you before, but you might have had this experience that you've been uh, in a car park and it's probably, let's, you know, probably sometime near Christmas. So it's super busy. There's lots and lots of cars. And uh, to add to that, it's pouring with rain and the windscreen wipers are going and you, it's fogging up and you're trying to demist it. And, and to add to the stress and, 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 the, and pressure that you've got as you're try, trying, to, trying to find a park, You've got the kids in the back fighting, and then then you, you you find yourself this little prayer just sort of comes out of your mouth. I know this has happened for me. This little oh Lord, Lord, would you find me a car park? Oh God, can I have a car park? And even though I'm kind of thinking, oh, is that right to pray for that prayer? I, I just pray it anyway. And then sort of uh, miraculously, almost nearly every time, that someone will just sort of pull out of a car park, and I, and I'll and I'll and I'll pull my car, and and then almost immediately. I'll be like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And this, like I said, this is something that sometimes I think we wonder about. Is it right to pray for those sort of ordinary everyday things like a car park or maybe trying to find your phone or some keys or some little thing at work? And Pete Gregg helpfully in his book actually um, writes about this and he says that this is one of the big theological questions that people ask. Like, is it right to to pray for a car park? And he answers um, this and he says, yes, we should indeed ask God to give us parking spots. Why? Because when we pray for places to park, we become the kind of people who worship God for a patch of concrete outside a supermarket on a rainy Saturday. I like that last bit, how it just says that we become the kind of people who worship God for a patch of concrete outside a supermarket on a rainy Saturday. And that, in essence, is, is, is what that's about. Like when we start praying for those ordinary things like a car park or for our keys or to find the phone or for a little situation where we're in stress, we're worried. 
they're just like little prayers like children ask, like little help prayers, like God help, help. And when he and when he answers and when things happen, it's like immediately our response is praise, isn't it? Immediately our our response is to give thanksgiving. Like I always just like as soon as that I get it pronounced, usually because I'm super stressed, I'm like, oh, thank you, God, thank you, Lord. I I needed this help in this that moment, and you helped me, Lord. So I, I guess that's what Pete Greg's getting at it is that sense that we become people who who give our needs to God. We lift up these things that are in our hearts even the trivial, ordinary things. And then when we feel God, you know, God answering, we, we, we immediately respond with thanksgiving and praise to our Heavenly Father. Well, it's quite interesting in the, in the Lord's Prayer, which uh, Jesus gave to his disciples, and, and in the longer version, which is in, in Matthew's Gospel, he, he, he starts out with this. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what's interesting in that part is that Jesus was actually using a um, a Jewish prayer or Jewish liturgy, um, which was which says this: "Magnified and holy be His great name in the world which He created according to His will, and may He establish His kingdom during your life." Just listen to the similarities that are there between what Jesus has, has, has set out to his disciples and what was that um, Jewish prayer that he would have been aware of. Um, but it, Jesus has, has slightly softened that because he's instead of talking about God in a kind of big, with, um, without a name or anything like that, he sort of, he actually says our father. So he actually softens, he personalized the start of his prayer. But but still, this first part of the Lord's prayer is still like that Jewish prayer, is still a very... Um, prayer of, of, of vertical praise and thanksgiving to God. Like it's all about how uh, awesome and wonderful and hallowed be your name and how great you are sort of thing. It, it's about this big vertical um, horizon of looking up to the, to the heavens, to God, this awesome king of the universe. And what is interesting is that the next part of the prayer, it completely pivots from this vertical axis to this uh, horizontal axis. So he says then after, he says on earth as it is in heaven, he says, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, in some versions, sinners or trespassers, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one or deliver us from evil. And so it's this really interesting um, change in the prayer there because the viewers, the people around would have heard that first part of the prayer and they would have been familiar with it because of that original Jewish prayer. They, you know, obviously Jesus had softened it and changed it and personalized it with the Our Father part. But this bit here would have completely um, sort of surprised and maybe shocked them that Jesus was actually telling them to just come with um, this personal horizontal kind of need. So it's all about us here on earth, it's about our, our daily bread, um, uh, forgiving our sins, um, uh, delivering us from evil. Like these are very personal, um, horizontal needs that we have as people. And, and I think this is a really um, cool thing about what Jesus is doing here because he's showing you've got the kingdom of heaven. You've got God up there in that first part. And notice that they've got he says, your, your, your three times, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, 
your will be done. And then there's this transition part on, on earth as it is in heaven. is like the transition part from this heavenly realm down to, to where we are here. And it says, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this is sort of that, again, that vertical axis of your, 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 like as we do, we've talked about this with like being still before the Lord, um, adoring him, um, giving him thanks and, and, and praise about how wonderful and awesome he is and, and hallowing his name. And then there's this transition because it's like that's the realm of God and stuff. And then we've got our realm that we are in here on earth. And, and it's like, then we, we, we come with all our, our things that we need. And, it, and it's a beautiful, beautiful connection between the two that, that Jesus is getting at. And that on earth as it is heaven is that connecting part. And basically that, that first line about give us our daily bread, it, it really it is what Jesus is saying is, is about asking God for stuff. And there's uh, two parts to that. Um, when we ask for ourselves and our needs, that is called petition. And when we ask for other people, that is called intercession. Um, today, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly just focusing on, on petition. But I, I, I think we, we struggle with this, even though sometimes we have these prayers, I think sometimes we can look at, look at this type of um, prayer as, as, as less than, that it's not as um, up there with um, you know, big prophetic things or intercession or um uh, contemplation like sometimes i think we can just think oh this is just that that shopping list prayers and stuff and and uh, you know but but actually jesus actually invites us to do that he invites us to ask him for things and charles spurgeon famously said whether we like it or not asking is the rule of the kingdom matthew 7 7 jesus said ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. John 14, 14, uh, Jesus said, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Or in James 4, 2, James says this, you do not have because you do not ask. I've always been inspired by the story by George Mueller um, about asking. He was a, a, a famous um, Christian who who prayed about so many things but never asked um, directly for anything. He just um, made all these petitions to God and saw incredible breakthrough and miracles in his life. Uh, he started 117 schools, cared for 10,204 orphans, educated 120,000 children uh, purely through the power of prayer, raising more than what in today's terms, would be about ninety million pounds. Um, I love this p particular story about him asking and depending on the on, on God. And this is uh, how it goes: One morning, all the plates and cups and bowls on the table were empty. There was no food in the larder and no money to buy food. The children were standing waiting for their morning meal when Mueller said, "Children, you know we must be in time for school." Then, lifting up his hands, he prayed, "Dear Father." We thank thee for what thou art going to give us to eat. There was a knock at the door. The baker stood there and said, Mr. Mueller, I couldn't sleep last night. Somehow I felt you didn't have bread for breakfast and the Lord wanted me to send you some. 
So I got up at 2am and baked some fresh bread and brought it. Mr. Mueller thanked the baker and no sooner had he had left when there was a second knock at the door, it was the milkman. He announced that his milk cart had broken down right in front of the orphanage and he would like to give the children his cans of fresh milk so he could empty his wagon and repair it. What an incredible story of uh, God, you know, responding to this man's prayers, of his of his prayers, his asking, his his asking for his daily bread. What a wonderful example of that, of like in that very moment when they had nothing to eat, that he just thanked God in that prayer and, and then he saw that supernatural intervention. And it, it just so inspires me that we have this amazing, awesome God that we can ask so many things of. Um, but I think sometimes some of us struggle with this because of this reason, I think. And I think this is the reason. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 6, 7 to 8. He says, and this is just before he's about to launch into the Lord's Prayer. He says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And you probably had that thought, you know, like, why do I need to ask God for for anything? He already knows everything, doesn't he? Um, Jesus says in another part of the gospel, he says he knows how many hairs that we have on our head. And we know in Psalm um, 139 talks about that, that, you know, he knows our very thoughts and knows everything that's going on within us. And so it's kind of like, well, why do I need to ask God for anything if he already knows everything and he's just going to do whatever I need anyway? And I want to suggest this morning just um, just a couple of things why why it's important to ask and why why God wants us to ask. There's a a great story in the Gospels of Jesus healing a blind man named Bartimaeus. And in the story, um, we read that Bartimaeus was um, sitting down on the side of the road um, and there was a crowd around him and, and Jesus was walking past and um, he he knew Jesus was walking past and he cried out to him. And he was like, son of David, have mercy on me. And he's yelling and shouting and stuff. And the crowd around him is like, be quiet, be quiet sort of thing. But he got Jesus's attention. And Jesus called him over. And, and when he came right up to Jesus, Jesus asked him this peculiar question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And of course he answers, well, master, rabbi, I, I want to be able to see. I want to be healed something. And it's it's a strange question because like when you're first reading it, you're kind of thinking, well, are you kind of toying with this guy, Jesus? Are you kind of teasing this man or trolling him? I mean, isn't it obvious to you and to everyone around you that this man is, is blind and that is what he's coming for healing for? Like, why does he need to ask for that? And I want to suggest that the reason Jesus does that, and he does it in a number of instances with a lot of people with a similar kind of question about what do you want or what do you want from me, is that Jesus and God is a is a, is a relational being. And our relationship with him is not a transaction, it's a relationship. So it's, it's he, he wants to hear us ask. He wants to hear what's on our heart and the things that we, we need. It, it pleases him that we, we ask him stuff because it's a relationship. And 
if 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 this man hadn't um if Jesus hadn't called him out if Jesus had just healed him by just walking past which he could have potentially done we would have known who this man was his, his name and this beautiful story of of him being healed there's a you know God is a relational God and 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 part of prayer is us coming before him and asking like Lord this is what I need today this is what I'm on my heart Lord would you help in that situation there's something about asking about being relational to our heavenly father that that's what God is wanting so it's not a transactional thing it's a relationship as all prayer is and the second thing is that there's also a, a vulnerability around asking, isn't there? I don't know if you've had this experience of, of being like at a, at a new workplace or, or maybe a new school or, or a new kind of um, tertiary institution and you're, you don't know where everything is. Um, you, for about the first three months, you're just kind of trying to get your head around what to do and where to find things. And, you know, if you're like me, you probably really struggle with asking because it's like, oh, it's kind of humbling to go and ask someone, you know, how do I operate the phot- photocopier or how, where's that, where do I put that paper or where did, you know, where's this thing go? Um, how do I operate that computer program? Could you come and show me? And there's kind of like a humbling moment where you, where you get to the point where you're like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I need help. I can't do this in my own strength. Um, I'll go ask someone. And, and I'll, I'll ask them to come and help me. And it's the same dynamic that's going on between us and God. There is a, there's, a, there's a surrender in our prayer lives where we're, we're surrendering to his love. We're surrendering to him as our heavenly father and saying, I can't do everything in my own strength, God. I need you today. I need you to break through in this situation. Um, I'm, I'm not self-sufficient. I need you. And would you come and help me, God? And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a humbling thing because it's actually just saying you are God and I'm not, and I need you to help me in, in my daily life. And the last thing with that is also, it's about intentionality. We, we're not robots. Um, God's not going to just ride over our free will and just do whatever he wants. He actually works with us and he wants us to be intentional of, of coming to him with our needs and wants of, of, of crying out to him about us and our situations and other people's situations as we intercede for others, that he, he wants us to co-labor with him. But I, I think that there's also, we, we also struggle with um, another issue with this is, is, around, is, is around answers to our prayers, isn't it? And uh, I don't have the time today to sort of get into that as a whole sort of topic because we could do a whole series on that and hopefully we'll, we'll one day do a series on unanswered prayer. But uh, Pete Gregg gives this helpful um, sort of picture, um, sort of metaphor of, 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 of what's happening sort of sometimes in our prayer life when we're asking. And he, and he gave us a picture of a traffic light and he says like sometimes we ask for something, maybe it's that car park or some situation and, and it just happens, and it's like a green light, and it's just like, yeah, awesome, awesome, great, thank you, Lord. And we often it seems to happen a lot at, at the early stages of our our um, walk with Jesus. Like, we just ask for things, and things happen, and we're like, yes, this is awesome, this is great. And so we keep asking. But sometimes it's, it's, a, it's, it's a red light, 
and they're, 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 they're prayers, they're things that you will have um, that are going to be unanswered in this lifetime. And this is this is some of the stuff we really struggle with. This is the unanswered prayer, like, Lord, why? Like, why haven't you answered this prayer? And uh, from my own um, personal experience, I my brother Greg is autistic and he lives in a home. And there are just some questions that I carry with me that I'm just not going to get answers this side of life. And so it's uh, that, that stuff that we wrestle with, these sort of unanswered prayers and the, and the thing, one, the only thing I could say today that sort of helped me a little bit was that is, is a quote from Philip Yancey, um, which he said this, he said, faith is, is, is living in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Faith is living in advance what will only make sense in reverse. There is a mystery to, to God and to um, his relationship to us and, and the world that some of the stuff is, is not black and white and some of the stuff we will only understand on the other side of eternity. And so that's that um, having to surrender and trust God in, in those unanswered prayers as well. But sometimes Pete Gregg says it's, uh, it can be the orange light. And an orange light is a, is, is a weight. And some, sometimes, and you may have experienced this in your life, sometimes it's about the timing with prayers getting answered. That you're praying about something, but the timing's probably not right. And you're not aware of that because God's probably aware of the timing. So you keep praying and then the, then, then, then the prayer's answered at the exact moment that it needs to be answered. And, and you, when you look back on it, you're like, oh yeah, now that was right. That was the right timing for that prayer to be answered. If it happened earlier, that wouldn't have worked out at all or would be worse or even after it wouldn't have worked out well. But that was the, the right timing at that moment. And that's, I guess, in a sense of what, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul's talking about in Romans 8, is talking about, you know, all things work together for good for those who love God. There's a, there's, there's a timing for things sometimes, and and, and God's wanting us to, to keep um, persisting in prayer, keep knocking on that door, keep asking for things, because sometimes um, we, we give up too easily with prayer if we don't see the outcome. Uh, Pete Gregg gives a, a great um, analogy about it's like stacking dominoes. You put, you know, each time you're praying, you're just putting another domino out, another domino, another domino, and sometimes there's a big long line of them, and you know, in a big sort of concentric circle. And then there's this moment where the prayer gets answered, and it's like the whole thing just comes, comes, you know, falling down. But you know, sometimes it just feels like every day you're praying about that thing, you're asking about that situation, and then, then, then the, then the breakthrough comes and the answer comes. And um, there's a great um, parable uh, that Jesus shares about this, about being persistent in Luke 18. And some people, um, you know, get the wrong sort of end of the stick with it. But I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll read it out. It says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who never feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with, with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what, this is Jesus talking, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones or cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. 
However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And sometimes we can um, misinterpret that parable to kind of see that Jesus is talking about this, this unjust judge, this sort of uncaring judge is like God. And and that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is about this, this widow's um, persistence and her audacity to keep coming and keep persisting in prayer, uh, uh, her petition before this judge. And he's Jesus is talking about that's the same sort of heart that you need to bring towards God. But the difference between that unjust judge is that you're coming before a, a, a wonderful judge, a, a, an awesome and caring and, and, and all compassionate and merciful judge who wants to give you good things. He's a good father who wants to give his children good things. And so that is the type of judge we're going before. But we bring that same kind of um, persistence and audacity to keep pressing in and keep asking God for things. That is what that that is the principle that Jesus is teaching there is to keep asking. This is the kingdom. Keep asking. And something I'm just going to finish with this, but something that has really helped me in um, my prayer life with this is 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 especially with that persistent prayer and and keep on you know for asking for those breakthroughs. Is that what I do is I have my series of things that I, I come before God with. So this could be uh, things that I've, I've, I've you know set things that I've written down that are just common things. Or they might be spontaneous things that, that come to me as I'm praying. And then what I do is that I, I, I actually start praying at the end of, of, of bringing those petitions before the Lord, those things that I'm asking for. I then pray, um, your kingdom come in that situation. So I'll be like praying, Lord, your kingdom come um, with that person's healing. Your kingdom come um, in our church. Your kingdom come um, with our youth. Your kingdom come um, in finances. Your kingdom come, um, you know, in my family and in my marriage. And, you know, whatever the things that you're bringing up, I, 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 I sort of pray that your kingdom come. And, and what I'm what I'm kind of effectively doing there is 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 what the Lord's prayer is kind of uh, getting at is that it's this we're trying to get heaven to sort of um, to invade the earth and that's what we're praying like we're sort of like your kingdom come like your kingdom break through into these situations that that fabulous like on earth as it is in heaven like in my home as it is in the, your rule and reign in your kingdom and your heaven in in my situations whatever it is. Uh, I want it to be like you, your kingdom, Lord. So I'm going to ask for your kingdom to break through. And then it's in a sense, it's also that sense of our wills, like the things that we want and, and, and need, uh, kind of aligning with what God wants, his will. You know, it says, Jesus says in the gospel, says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all other things will be added to you. Like seek first the kingdom of God. You know, put, you know, put his kingdom first. Align your wills with his, and then all other things will be added to you. And it's like this connection point between God's realm and our realm, where I'm asking for his realm and his power and his presence to break through into situations, and I'm trusting him with it. So that's, you know, your kingdom come. I'm like, I'm putting it into his big hands and saying, Lord, these are the things I need. I'm going to keep asking for these, but Lord, your kingdom come. Like, your will be done in this situation, God, Um, rather than my own you know, personal kind of things that I'm trying to work out. I'm actually saying, no, your rule and your reign and your way of doing life come in that situation, Father. So I've, I've just found that to be 
just so helpful as as I as I ask for things in prayer. And so I guess as I finish today, I just really want to encourage you to keep asking. I know um, that we struggle with this at times um, because we why maybe we think that um, these prayers are, uh, are not holy enough, um, but but they're not. God God loves everything about us, and he and he wants to us to come to him as a child with everything that we've got on our heart and our mind. Um, sometimes I think we struggle with the whole sense of like. Yeah, that God, you are a sovereign, so what, you know, you're just going to do whatever you're going to do anyway, and you know, we we struggle with that sense that that we're working with God, but we are. Um, Richard Foster has this great quote. He says, "We are not locked into a preset, deterministic future. Ours is an open, not a closed universe. We are co-laborers with God, as the Apostle Paul put it." working with God to determine the outcome of events. Therefore, our prayer efforts are a genuine give and take, a true dialogue with God and a true struggle. Like this is this is what we're doing in prayer. We're coming before him and we're, we're crying out to him to, to move in situations. We're co-laborers with him. We're working with God in these situations. And then I, I guess, yeah, and finally, we, we struggle with unanswered prayer. And so again, we have to come to God and, and surrender um, our how we feel about that too. Um, you know our frustrations and, and, and situations. Keep coming before Him, trusting that He's a good Father, even if we're not seeing things happening in situations. We keep persisting and we keep crying out to Him, and believing that He that He will move in our lives. Well, I'm just going to finish in prayer. Father God, I I just thank you that you're a good Father. I thank you, Lord, that you long for us to come to you as children with everything that's on our hearts every day, even the things that we 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 want and we need, Lord. And God, I, I pray that we would. I pray that we would just continue to ask for the little things like car parks and the big things like big breakthroughs and situations. Um, God, we would bring all of our day to you, Lord, throughout the day, Lord, not just set times, Lord, that even in workplaces, uh, schools and universities, um, with friends and family, with neighbours, Lord, that we would we would bring those requests, we'd bring those petitions, those things that are on our hearts before you um, th- throughout our day and throughout our lives, Lord. And God, I, I pray that you would answer our prayers, Lord, that your kingdom come, let your will be done in our, in our lives, Lord, and the things that we need for every day. Give us our daily bread, Father, in your precious name.